Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, Hello and the world, boss. And welcome back. So I have a question for you. Have you guys ever heard the phrase or have used the phrase sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Well, I've come to talk about that today because words do hurt. They do have effect on people just as much as sticks and stones do. And I don't know if this was just a coping mechanism that someone along the lines developed to say to themselves and they shared with others to kind of develop that tough skin so that when somebody would say something offensive or hurtful, it's like, I'm not going to let you know that this hurt me. So I'm going to say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But that's a bunch of BS, okay? Uh, let's be real with one another. It's BS because words do hurt. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that the there is power in the tongue. Our words do matter. Our words have life and death in them. And when we say hurtful things to people, we tear them down. Our words actually can have harsher um, effects or long lasting effects on people's lives and we don't even know it and the bad thing about it is is that I would rather have a scar from sticks and stones because they're visible right you can see them and when you see somebody hurt usually it creates empathy for those of us who actually experience it it creates em empathy to go to that person to see how they're doing oh my goodness how are you feeling how did this happen do you need help but when we use words to hurt somebody and tear them down, there is this silent um, effect that happens because unless the person tells you that this affected them, unless the person actually explains that this hurt or shares their feelings or even feels that they have a safe space to do so, because a lot of the times we don't feel that way. And again, I'm going to speak for myself, but yeah, I have been affected by words. And that's really what this episode is all about. Not just about how I've been affected, but because I've been affected, I have empathy for others who have been affected by words. There are things that have been said to me from my childhood that if I'm truly honest with myself is the reason why I have some of my idiosms today. Um, let's just take my feet, for example. I do not like people touching my feet. I don't like them looking at my feet. I don't want to be touched by your feet. I have developed this idiism, <laughs> as my friend calls it all the time. I've developed this thing about Feet, where I just don't like my feet to be touched or looked at or anything, you know, um, and I have a, a good idea of where that came from because I can remember the incident as if it was yesterday. Now, if this was the only incident that happened or occurred in my life or there were other things that kind of seconded it that just kind of helped um, cultivate or develop my feeling against feet altogether, um, then maybe that's what happened. I don't know. But I know that it was on this day that I was told that I have very flat, wide feet. Now, mind you, is it true that I have flat feet? I do. I do have flat feet. But to then say or describe them as being like Fred Flintstone, that was hurtful. And this was said to me as a child. And this was said to me by an adult. And so, 
it had an effect on me where I started to not like my feet. There, That is one area of my body that I do not like. I don't like my feet because I was told that there was something wrong with them. That, you know, and this person didn't go as far as to say, oh, women shouldn't have that kind of feet. But in learning about Chinese culture, um, it just kind of further established that Hannah, you don't have pretty feet. Your feet are flat and wide and chubby. And, you know, men prefer skinny feet and you should have an arch in your foot. And another thing that kind of, further established my disdain for my feet is when I go to the shoe store you know um there's a lot there's certain shoes that I can't wear a lot of the times I had to buy the the shoes that were wide so that it could accommodate my feet and it would be comfortable but like the cute pretty shoes that had the deep arches in them because I don't have one it would be uncomfortable so I never really learned how to properly walk in high heels and so that's an insecurity that I have which is why I don't prefer high heels if I do wear heels I will wear like a platform shoe but it's very very rare that you'll see me in a shoe with a heel unless it's a cute pair of boots now I will rock a pair of boots any day all day but like the the cute heels and stuff I don't think that my feet look cute in them because my feet are wide and it all came from something that was said to me a long time ago and then little things that happened along the way that kind of just further established that disdain that I had so me I am a chucks sneakers kind of girl like I flat shoes that's me all day every day now true enough that that's what I prefer now, but it wasn't necessarily something that I preferred before. I think it's something that, you know, as I got older, I got comfortable with because I said to myself that this is all that I can wear. This is all that looks cute on me. So I might as well just embrace it and make this my thing. How many of us have done that to ourselves? How many of us have just come to an acceptance that, this is just who I am or this is just the way things are going to be because of all of the dump that has been placed on us by other people's opinions and by what other people have said. You know, I as a parent, I try to be very careful in what I speak to my children because again our words matter our words have life and death in them and it's either I'm going to speak life over them and build them up and edify them or I'm going to tear them down and destroy their spirits how many of us have done that children have no filter and children say the darndest things you know um children can even say things that will hurt an adult's feelings you know um they have to be taught how to not necessarily be filtered where they don't speak and they no longer express themselves but understand tact you know but the thing is is that if a child can say something that can hurt another adult's feelings because it's just like oh where did that come from just imagine what we did to each other as children ourselves speaking back and forth to one another you know that's why in this country we have like bullying and now cyberbullying and all these different types because we have all these people out here who have been hurt who are hurting other people why because hurt people hurt people and the thing is is that it's a never-ending cycle it is a horrible cycle that we have to break but we also as the individuals who are being offended or who are being hurt 
We have to learn how to let those things go. I have to learn. I'm still learning, y'all. This is why I'm saying I'm under construction. I There is a lot of work that I am having to do with myself now because of things that I have just carried over the years with me from something that was said to me as a child. I was always, I have... I'm very self-conscious about my body. I wish I wasn't, but I am. And I'm just sharing it because I don't believe I'm the only person who feels this way. But I know that this comes from the fact that as a younger child, I was on the chubbier side. You know, um, I, I come from a Caribbean background and, you know, most of my island friends, listeners out there, y'all know our moms, they they throw down like there is no small meal. Like even as a wife myself, I have had to learn how to cut back on the food that I make because Anthony would say to me like, Hannah, you're cooking as if it's six people that live in this house and only three of them actually eat your food because, you know, I make a regular meal for them and then I make my vegan meals for myself. But even for myself, because sometimes I make too much and I do that on, you know, purposefully so that I'm not making two separate meals every single night. But like sometimes I make too much for myself where it's just like, okay, I'm tired of the leftovers. But it's it's that's just how I grew up. Like my mom would make these big meals with, you know, oxtail and curry goat and curry chicken. And and the thing is, is that you would have your meat, you would have your rice, but then you also have like dumpling and vegetables and all this other stuff on the side. Right. And so it's just like, you have a whole meal. Like it wasn't until I think maybe I was in college that I learned about portion sizes. Like, Oh, so this is not a real portion. Like that could feed like three people. (laughs) You know, but that's how I was eating. And, you know, in elementary school, I wasn't really that active. I wasn't doing anything, you know, so I was I was a little chunky. It wasn't until maybe middle school where I actually started participating in sports like sock, um, softball and volleyball, you know, um, that I started to kind of shed a little bit of the weight. Now, I and that's the other thing. I don't, I don't want to make it seem like being chubby is a bad thing. I don't want to make it seem like being, you know, bigger than other people is a bad thing because that's something that I want to talk about as well, like this whole image thing. You know, we've been told that being on the heavier side is wrong. Now, if it's affecting your health, yes, something needs to be done about it. But beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And what I'm learning for myself right now is, is that, Hannah, you have to be able to see the beauty in you. Like, just being honest, being hot, <laughs> being, you know, humble, open, and transparent. I find it hard sometimes to look at myself in the mirror and say, girl, you're beautiful. You know, I, I again, I don't believe I'm the only person who feels this way. But I'm going to speak for myself. Like there are some times that I look in the mirror and I'm just like, "Mm, okay, it's a good thing you married because it'd be hard for you to find somebody now. Like that is horrible to speak to yourself. It's horrible. I'm not doing that anymore. But I'm just saying I have looked in the mirror and I have said that to myself. And that's bad. You know, I have a little girl who looks up to me like I don't want her to have the same body image issues I don't want her to ever look at herself and be like oh I'm not that cute I'm not that pretty like no you should be able to look at yourself and say oh girl you look good 
you know what I'm saying? Like I, and I want to mean that I don't want to look at myself and see all these flaws. And that's not to say that, you know, I can't work on myself, but why, what is my motive behind working on me? Am I working on me because I just want to feel good? I want to be healthy. I want to be able to run a mile without feeling winded and and not be able to make it. Like, I don't even want to focus on how long it takes me to run a mile. You know what I'm saying? Now, for me, because it's something running is something that I love to do. Yeah, I want to work on my time. I want to get better for me. I don't want to compare myself to other people and, you know, this person, they can run a mile within five minutes or... I don't want to compare it to that. But if Hannah gets to that point where one day I can say, "Ooh, I run a seven minute mile. That's awesome to me. But it has to be for me, not because I'm trying to compete with anybody else. And I feel like somewhere along the lines that it just it became this competition and not necessarily a competition, but this it's a, a cross between competing and comparing and just being told that you're not good enough and everywhere we look it's some kind of standard some kind of of set example that we are being told that oh this is this is success this is what you should look like this is the American dream that everybody is fighting for and we're fighting for it so bad to the point that we're killing ourselves trying to do it even with just you know being successful and working you know we have these uh I don't want to just say celebrities but we have these people that we admire that we put up on pedestals because we've seen that they've made it and it's like this is who I admire I want to be like them and then the person says something like oh you know yeah you gotta hustle and you gotta grind and and you know you sleep is for the week dude that's wrong stop telling people that Stop telling people that sleep is for the weak and that they don't need rest. People are literally out here killing themselves, running on fumes and exhaustion because of the fact that you said that they don't need sleep. God rested. We all need rest. You know what I'm saying? Like we all you have. It is scientifically proven that you need rest in order for your brain to function properly. Okay, maybe every once in a while you pull an all nighter. Okay, I get it. But you living your life that way? That's not cool. That's that's it's not. And people are just out here killing themselves. We got people suffering from eating disorders because they trying to be skitty. They trying to look like these models that they see in the magazine or these Instagram models that we see on social media. Like seriously, hello, you heard of Photoshop? A lot of that, it is very rare that you will find pictures of people that are in the natural. Even myself, when I post pictures, I be putting filters. I'll be like, oh, this filter look prettier. Like, come on, let's be real. We are such a, like, a masked, <laughs> and it's, it's such the appropriate word. We are such a masked society. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're literally and figuratively, we are wearing masks with each other. We put on this front as if everything is okay and that this is how life really is. I woke up like this. No shout out. I mean, I, I, I love her, but I'm just saying, like, that song alone got people out here saying, I woke up like this. You did not wake up like that. You do not look like that. We watch these movies and we see these women waking up from bed, full makeup on, 
who does that? The only time I ever wake up with full a full face is when I accidentally fall asleep with my without wake, wiping my makeup off from the next day or from the previous day. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the only time I wake up like this. Other than that, it, mm, no, got to get the crust out my eye. I even tell like Anthony and the kid, don't talk to me when I first wake up. Like, first of all, I don't want to smell the dragon within your mouth. And I don't want you smelling mine. So mm -mm, all that. Nope. Sorry. Save it for later. But like, let's be real. Let's be real with ourselves. It ain't even about being real with other people. Be real with yourself because sometimes you are living in your own false narrative, in your own false story that you, you hello, do you have a grip of reality? Do you realize that this is not you? Like, seriously, I, I am under construction. I am learning stuff about myself. Where it's just like, Hannah, if this is the year to embrace who you are, right where you are, you got to start loving on you. And and it's something that, you know, I've been hearing a lot lately, you know, about self-care, love yourself first, you know, and somewhere along the lines, we, we get it crossed because we're told that we should not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, right? That's, that's scripture, that's biblical. But what does that mean? It means that you shouldn't be a selfish individual. But somewhere along the lines, we were told that taking care of ourself means that you're selfish. And it doesn't. I, again, speaking for myself, I've carried mom, mommy guilt <laughs> for the longest. My oldest child is 10 years old. And I think it's probably just in the past two years that I've really been taking more time for myself because of mommy guilt. Because I, you know, prior to pandemic, I worked outside the home. It, it takes me about a good 45 minutes to get to my job, depending on traffic, you know, so I would leave the house before the kids even got up to go to school. So they didn't see me in the morning. And then by the time I got home, it was just enough time for me to go ahead and to cook dinner for them and probably spend about maybe an hour maybe two if I didn't force them to go to bed at their bedtime, you know, to spend with them. But I'm already exhausted from the day that even that little bit of time that I have with them, I wasn't really spending with them. You know, it was like we would have dinner together. And then because of me being Martha, while they're eating dinner, I'm over here washing the dishes. So it's not or in cleaning up the kitchen. I mean, and I'm one of those cookers that cooks while you clean, but you know, there's still like stuff that you got to finish up. But by the time I would finish doing that, they would be done eating dinner so I end up sitting at the dinner table by myself eating or not even at the dinner table at all I'll be sitting in the living room and watching television and so now they're getting ready for their bed and everything and I have just enough time to maybe say prayers with them or just kiss them goodnight and then start it all over again it wasn't until like the weekend that I would really have time to spend with my family and you know it's like it's the weekend time that you that I have for myself that I'm like, oh, I would love to go do this for myself. I would love to just take a day where I could just, you know, chill and not have anybody calling on me. Mommy, Hannah, just just a moment for Hannah. But I would feel guilty because it's like, well, when are you going to spend time with the kids? When are you going to spend time with your husband? Like you. So I, I had this mommy guilt. I had this guilt where I was not taking time for myself. But it's just, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And you have to take time for yourself. That's not being selfish because if you're constantly pouring into other people, serving other people, doing for other people, and not allowing yourself to be replenished, you're pouring from an empty cup. 
And then what good is that to other people? Even on the planes, they, they, you know, when they're going over the instructions and they're telling you, you know, in the event something happens, they tell you you're supposed to put the mask on yourself before you put it on somebody else. Now, you would think that is selfish, right? But it's not because while you're over here struggling to breathe to help somebody else put their mask on, you done passed out. And now they don't have their mask on still. And hello, you can't help someone if you don't have anything in you to help them with, you know, and it's just, it's sad how, you know, we are, we're so mixed up in, in our ideologies, in our theories, in our belief systems, in the self-care of it all, and, and just learning how to let go of some of these things. I, for me personally, I just feel like it all compiles together. Things that were spoken to me as a child that affected me, that developed insecurities in me because I was too young or too immature enough to understand how to process those things and not allow them to affect me, which is why I don't want to teach my children that failed philosophy that sticks and stones may break their bones but words will never hurt them because words do hurt I tell my kids all the time even when they're talking to each other don't say that to your sister don't say that to your brother that if somebody said that to you how would that make you feel it would hurt you right so why would you say it to somebody else do unto others as you want them to do unto you isn't that the golden rule that's also bible you know what I'm saying like why do we feel that it's okay to say something about somebody else that we would not want somebody to say to us? You know, and even as adults, some of us still have a very hard time with processing words that have been said to us or have been spoken to us. Some of us right now got some dreams and some visions that are buried in the backyard of our minds because somebody told us that that was a stupid idea or somebody told us that we would be we would never be qualified to do that thing. A lot of us are being held back from things that we should be doing, but we've allowed to die because of the fact that somebody spoke a word they spoke a word of death and so that killed our dream that killed the vision that killed the opportunity because somebody spoke death to your situation and you didn't know how to revive it or bring it back to life or how to keep going like oh somebody just spoke death but you're not dead yet it's not dead yet it can be revived let's put it on a respirator we didn't know how to do that I didn't know how to do that there's a lot of things that I have held myself back from because of just something that was spoken over me, something that I spoke over myself. Like I told y'all, I have looked in the mirror and was just like, girl, ooh, <laughs> I, I've, I've spoken death to myself. I've told myself I'm not qualified for stuff. I've held, I've, I love, I am, and I, I think I've shared this with you guys before, um, but I love talking about health and wellness I really do um and it's because of my own health story that I know that I've shared with you guys before I learned through my own experience that there is healing in the way that we eat and the way that we take care of our bodies that there is a way for you to live your life without having to live a life filled with medication and I don't say that as a doctor and I'm very careful in saying that because I don't want people to get the wrong thing but that within itself is the reason why I never became a wellness coach which is the reason why I never really pursued um, health and wellness and educating people on 
on my story. And it has been told to me from time and time again. Y'all, I have a business coach. I do. Um, she is the strategy lady. She has a book out and everything. And um, she's a dear friend to to my family. And, you know, she she drops her little nuggets of wisdom on me all the time. And I, I'm grateful for it because I am one of her most stubbornest clients. And I, it's not that I don't do what she tells me to do. It's just that I have allowed fear to grip me so bad so badly that I don't move on the things that you know she's like Hannah this this is profitable you can move with this but for me I was just like oh I'm not qualified you know I don't have any certifications in health I didn't go to school for health and wellness like I just don't feel that I'm qualified just because I have a story oh my goodness but look at how many people have I have seen since then because like I'm saying my health journey uh, with me transforming my life took place or started back in 2013. 2013, y'all, is when I changed my life for the better in regards to food. And when I look at people now who are doing the same thing, went through the same experience, all they did was just share their health journey. All they did was just talk about how they changed things, how, how food made them, you know, adjusting their lifestyle, adjusting their diet has allowed them to, to feel better and to live a life without medication. The same message, y'all, the same message is being taught now. And I'm seeing how these people are just blowing up and influencing others. And I'm like, yep, that could have been you too. You you could be out there on the same platform with them, sharing stories, telling, being another example, being another testimony to people, letting them know that, hey, what you're putting in you matters. But I didn't do it. Even Anthony, I, God bless his heart. I'm so grateful for my husband because he pushes me even to, even now he's like, Hannah, it's still not too late. He, he uses the analogy with me about the, the bread aisle. He was like, Hannah, when we walk down the bread aisle, there are so many different brands of bread. And, and I'm not just talking about the different types of bread, you know, like how you have hot dog buns, hamburger buns, bagels. No, he's just like just the simple loaf of bread. There are different brands that you can go with. He was like, but the the unique thing about it is, is, is that as many different brands as there is available to you, they all have a place on the shelf. They all have a place. And I think for me, a lot of times what I allow to hold me back with, you know, all these things that I have, these weights that I've allowed to hinder me is the fact that when I see somebody else doing the very thing that I was just like, dang, that could have been me. I now even disqualify myself further because it's like, oh, well, it's being done now, so I can't do it anymore. And it's just like, Hannah, that couldn't be further from the truth. There's room for everyone. There's something unique and different about you that are going to draw people to you, not necessarily take away from the other people, but we are all assigned to certain people. And I think our problem and what we get caught up in, or let me speak for myself, what I get caught up in is, is that I feel that the people who are already out there getting that product or getting that service, that by me now joining forces, I'm taking away from somebody else or that those are, but the thing is, is you're not because there's people out there who still don't know there are people who still don't know because they're waiting on you there are people that are specifically assigned to you that they won't hear unless you're the one who tells them and it's until I got that that I'm just like oh wow there is room for me 
Yes, there's room for you. There's room for you because God already assigned you to do this. You just got to be obedient and do it. Execute, you know, <laughs> like seriously, stop allowing yourself and the opinions of other people to stop you from doing what you need to do. I'm under construction, y'all. This is, I am a work in progress. And the thing is, is that it, you, you've heard me say this before. I'm going to keep saying it, you know, Pastor Michael Todd says it all the time as well. It's about perfect. Oh, I'm sorry. It's about progression, not perfection. And for the longest, I was chasing perfect. I was chasing trying to be perfect and ch chasing perfect will kill you. Chasing perfect is is like trying to capture a unicorn. <clears throat> like, seriously, it's it's trying to to capture this mythical creature that doesn't really exist. I'm sorry for all the people out there who believe in unicorns. I know they're magical, but I'm just saying <laughs> it's it's trying to capture something that is n n you can't. You just can't capture it because there is no person to have walked this earth in perfection other than Jesus Christ which is the exact reason why he had to come and die for our sins because he was the only one that could do it. None of us. God even says in his word that he continues to do a good work in us. So if he, until the return of our savior. So if he's continuing to work on us to continuing to improve and to remove things and to put in and all, if he's continuing to work on us, why do we feel that we are able to capture perfection? We're not. I'm not. At least that's the realization that I've come to, that I need to stop chasing perfect. Just allow myself to be under construction. If any of y'all live in the central Florida area, you're going to know what building I'm referring to. But there's this building off of I-4 if you're heading towards like Mount Dora. It's right before you get to the Altima exit. This building has been under construction for years. I think for the entire time that I have been in the central Florida area, this building has been under construction and it remains under construction. I think there's it's they're trying to do it without getting a loan or something like that, but it's taking them a long time one day they will accomplish getting that con um, construction completed but right now it's under construction and that's the same thing for us one day our construction will be completed but that's when Jesus comes back for us that's when we will be made whole completely like I mean we're whole now because God makes us whole but I'm saying as far as all of the construction there will be no need for continued um, construction once Christ comes for us there it would be no need for it so it will be complete there will be no more room for improvement or anything like that because it will be complete so at this point just be under construction allow God to remove those things he needs to remove from your life allow God to put into you what you need and stop disqualifying yourself stop allowing what was said in the past what has been said in the present or what may be said in the future to continue to hinder you Start rejecting those things. Start calling those things that are not as though they are. Again, there is life and death in the power of the tongue. So if somebody is speaking death over you, you refute that in the name of Jesus. Let no weapon formed against you prosper and every tongue that rises against you be condemned. All right, y'all. Well, I hope you got something out of the podcast today. Um, again, I always hope and pray that you do. Uh, so if you want to connect with me, you can. I am on Facebook and Instagram as Hannah's World, Hannah's World 00. 
And you can, can always send in your listener letters to hannahsworld00 at gmail.com. So until next time, peace out, world. Thank you.